On this episode of the Last Link Podcast, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Star Wars 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Last Link Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mr. Toffee, and joining me is... Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> Emperor Shafiq, you mean? <laughs> yes, uh, I am uh, also podcast host and loving grandfather. I have one question for you. How did you survive the elevator shoot fall? Oh, uh, bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I okay. thought you were going to segue to like... Here's the magic, the no, force. No, yeah. no. Okay, this is the actual co-host for today. Uh, I am Ray's erect nipples, ready to receive <laughs> Kylo Ren Shafik. Yes, yes. So we're gonna that talk was about a rather memorable scene. <laughs> God, okay, we're gonna definitely be talking about uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, which is or Rise fresh... of Skywalker out the theater, right? Ooh, that hashtag. Well yes. done. Okay, but yes, uh, it's gonna be our Star Wars bumper episode. It's been almost two years since we last reviewed the Last Jedi, yeah. and we've been saving a Fallen Order all yep. the way till this episode because we want to hit the trifecta. We yes. want to hit all three of our SEO categories, which is movies, TV, and video games. Uh, yes, yes, and speaking of TV, we might have to mention The Mandalorian because it's in seventh or eighth episode. It as is of on recording. its seventh episode. One more before, um, yeah, it caps off the series, you know. And all I can say is, thank God for The Mandalorian, so we have some quality Star Wars things to watch. This oh, year. yes. <laughs> I do love me some Star Wars Western uh, throwbacks here. And it's like, I don't know, like, we know the premise, basically. Um... Focus on the Mandalorian, one of the lost warriors race of uh, the Star Wars canon universe. And he's just doing his uh, bounty hunter thing. And then stuff happens, he is on the run. That's all I can say without spoilers. I mean, there's not much to spoil. I mean, it's a TV show. I mean, as of this moment, I'm pretty sure everybody who's listening to The Last King is very much aware of the Baby Yoda meme. Oh yeah, a lot of that. Uh, so much so that um, EA is selling a Baby Yoda uh, statue in The Sims 4. Thankfully really? not for real money, because that would be very cruel. I think EA, they have credibility now. They yeah, don't they want to <laughs> use real money. Yeah, I know. They're not I'm shelling out for I'm baby I'm surprised Yoda. too, actually. Yeah, holy shit. What's up yeah. with EA nowadays? Uh? Uh, must be all that sweet, sweet loot box money. Maybe they're starting to grow a conscience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I doubt so, sir. I'm pretty sure when it comes to maybe something like uh, the Baby Yoda skin for like Battlefront, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you a pretty penny or only available through their uh, surprise mechanic scheme. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, sure. Uh, but okay, you know what? Let's, let's go straight into it. Uh, your thoughts, The Mandalorian? What do you think? I actually enjoyed what I watched for the past not all the six episodes I've seen so far because it's going for that whole premise where they're not telling you much, but you but they're showing you a lot more than telling. You know what The Mandalorian does? Uh, played really well by Pedro Pascal, as well as a bunch of other cameos ranging from Taika Waititi. To even uh, Moss from uh, IT Crowd as well in Richard one of the recent episodes. Uh, Richard Awadi, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a couple of other cameos like, oh yeah, Nick Nolte as the midget alien you meet in the first couple of episodes. And you know what's even surprising? He had what? no makeup whatsoever. That's him. Yeah, that's him. Really <laughs> that's, him. That's really right what he looks the like. Size and everything. Yeah. You know what? I was all like that smoking really caused him that much. Huh? All <laughs> that damage. Oh man, the 80s was a terrible time for Nick it Nolte. It was. But I will also say this. Uh, speaking of uh, guys from the 80s coming back to do this, uh, shout out to Carl Weathers for... Uh, yes! Yes! Apollo Creed himself. I'm like, oh hey. <laughs> he, he found work too. Yeah, a well nice done. surprise. A nice surprise. I mean, yeah. I think that's one of the things I enjoy about The Mandalorian is just seeing all the uh, actors come out of the woodwork to kind of uh, play 
very peripheral characters. I think also one of my favorite cameos, I won't even say a cameo, uh, was in that episode where Princess Caroline herself yes. appeared. <laughs> okay. for, all you, for all you Bojack fans, she, she oh, she also can play a, a shuttle mechanic. Well done. Yes. Yeah, and cool also stuff. Babysitter. <laughs> yes, yes, that was pretty cool. But it was kind of jarring because when you hear her voice and you can recognize her as, as Princess Caroline, it's like, oh, hey, be a cat. <laughs> Not really. I mean, imagine her as a cat. Imagine if she was actually... In they had like feline race. I think there was sure. some of the extent expanded stuff. You know? Make her like a, a a really like a cross between like a Pomeranian and a Wookiee. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. And and you know what? That's what she really looks like. That's not makeup. Yeah. <laughs> she has a hairy face. So anyway, as uh, Mandalorian for me, I've seen all seven episodes. We have gone. We've only down to one more. Right? It's only yeah, episodes. just one more. Yeah. And uh, my thoughts is it's uh, probably a very blatant ripoff of uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, which I kind which of I'm appreciate. Which I'm right with, actually. I'm fine with that ripoff. That's always you know, something good, I mean, right? If anything, uh, the st- it does retain the more Western aspects of the original trilogy, which I thoroughly approve of and uh, thoroughly appreciate. And I also like the fact that it does its best to stay away from the films, except for that one nod to I think this is um, if anything I mean I'm not too sure where this is set it's not necessarily a prequel uh, it is actually between episode uh, 4 and 6 so there's like how many years 30 years in between the yeah. Mandalorian stuff happens yeah. so this is like as Luke is training on uh, Dagobah this is going on and uh, this uh, is more like I think the Empire is rebuilding itself after that shit that happened you know mm. in part 6 you know, the, you still got some pockets of the universe where the empire is still kind of strong, but not kinda, quite. So they're kind of rebuilding Death Star Two at this point in time, right? The Star Killer, most likely. Maybe yeah. they, there's some first order shit going on while the real empire is going on. You know, so. But of course, you know, being a nerd myself, I need to be a little bit more pedantic. Also, that's not Baby Yoda. That's just a baby. I forgot what Yoda's race uh, is. No, no, there was no. Okay, as far as I know, there's no name for Yoda's race. So that's why Baby Yoda was actually coined by the fans and by casual viewers alike. I mean, we need to go up to Wikipedia. I'm pretty sure somebody's put an entry up there by now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess Baby Yoda is a little bit more hashtagable. So yeah, we'll stick yeah, with that is, for the moment. Yeah. And I will say this: uh, he is definitely the reason to watch the show because that thing is fucking cute, adorable. Uh, yeah, has his. Really nice comedic timing whenever he pops up, you know, like during the most tense of suit, he deflates the situation and makes it all okay. Yeah, this is worth protecting, you know. You kind of want to root on for the Mandalorian to protect the baby at all costs. And I also would give uh, especially props to the puppeteers for making him fucking adorable. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, I have not seen anything that I wanted as a soft toy. I've not, I've not seen anything like that since. Gizmo from Gremlins, I guess. <laughs> it's a hairless gizmo, basically. Like it's basically a green hairless gizmo, <laughs> yeah. and I want that in my Christmas stocking so bad right now. Yeah. You know, just to just to carry around with me. If they could make it like a boggling where you can puppet it and make his mouth move, like that'd be perfect, right? I also appreciate the fact that you know the Mandalorian. He might look like a badass, but he's got his own mm. human moments. Like when he was trying to ride that monster thing in the second episode, and the way he sort of fucks up, but then at the same time he rises to the occasion in a couple of episodes here and there. Not a, Because if you have a complete badass, it would be kind of boring in a sense. You kind of want someone slightly relatable. Because again, s- he has a torrid past too. So I would also say that, yeah. I mean, despite being a contract killer for hire who is very efficient in the way he dispatches of things and also especially appreciate 
how oh we finally get to see disintegrations. <laughs> yes, so nice. I like I appreciate that. I mean that's a good that's a good callback to like episode two. No disintegrations. <laughs> and then you actually see him disintegrate people. I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Uh but I do get why they take something as badass as a Mandalorian. And again, I'm gonna be pedantic. That's not fucking Boba Fett. That's <laughs> another Mandalorian. There's a whole yeah, bunch yeah. of them, as we soon discover, and they all can't take their helmets off. Yeah, so, yeah, but at the same time, that little episode, uh, I think it was part episode three where you can see them rise to the occasion when they're, you know, protecting their own. That was a pretty nice scene, dude. Mm, yes. Really oh, the bounty hunter battle, right? Yes, yes. That was lovely. A very nice, epic uh, Western shootout in the middle of... Uh, I don't know, where was this filmed? It looks like it was filmed in parts of Tunisia, right? Keep maybe. The aesthetic maybe. close. Yes, yes. I mean, I thoroughly appreciate uh, the authenticity, if anything. And also, as, what I want to mention is... The cinematography and definitely the color correction because oh yes <laughs> I like that too like it feels like you're watching something from the 70s and sometimes and I mean like uh, there are moments especially when the CGI can be a little bit like you notice that okay that's CGI but you know TV budgets nonetheless yeah yeah and I mean I'm fine with that because again this is like like you said lah TV budget you you start noticing it on the second or the third viewing but when you watch it like you don't really care because they got everything right when you just watch it the first time with the mm. aesthetics the vista shots everything just to then try to get the feel of the western thing so I would say this right when it comes to something like the Mandalorian and uh, we also need to kind of call out the wild bantha in the room yes it is a Disney Plus exclusive so John how did you manage to watch this since it's not available in Asia yet uh, well there's this thing called paying for extra for VPNs and shit so there you go well I just use the forcer <laughs> okay, cool, cool. The force that's how, is good. That that's, one. that's how I managed to <laughs> the, the force of my my VPN and my credit card. <laughs> but yes. uh, I mean, the conversation I also want to have with this, right? And it's also something that I've kind of addressed is like, is this a reason to get Disney Plus, The Mandalorian? I would say not quite because it's just one show. And as much fun as I have watching The Mandalorian, all six of its episodes and everything, and looking forward to the upcoming shows. I kind of need a couple more shows to justify purchasing it, you know, per se, in the long run. I mean, I know it's free for the first run and all or whatnot, but at the same time, I kind of need more than just, like, the the world according to Jeff Goldblum or some shitty Disney remakes to justify my purchase of, you know, Disney+. Plus. I mean, there's all that Marvel crap that's going to be coming down the pipeline Eventually, as well. Eventually, and that's only, like, next year or even later on, you know, so... Probably in tune to the time when it finally launches globally, so it'll be available in Asia and the like, but... I would say this, right? I mean, this, I mean, this is a discussion I've had a few times on this podcast, and I thought to myself, is like uh, Disney Plus. I mean, for what it's trying to do, and at least it's going around the steps of like, okay, it's creating exclusive content, which will help justify having a platform of such scale. Yeah. But at the, at, the, at the current state of uh, what it has to offer. I mean, I'm not gonna pay like a monthly subscription to rewatch Star Wars or Marvel films or I mean, okay, maybe if the National Geographic stuff was amazing and maybe if they fucking fixed the Simpsons episodes, god damn it. <laughs> that debacle like that really pissed me off. Uh. And uh I don't know, it's it's very hard for me to really review the Mandalorian because I do understand that it is somewhat of a killer app for Disney Plus. And to view it as such in terms of accessibility, because when it comes to reviewing something, you also have to consider like your, pri- your price point entry. Yeah, yeah. So in order to watch something like The Mandalorian here in Asia, 
okay, it's a bit of an investment because not only need need to go through the whole rigmarole of getting a VPN or figure out if your credit card is accepted in America, but it's like after all of that, just to watch maybe eight episodes of some quality Star Wars. And I mean, I don't think it justifies the purchase of Disney Plus at this point of time. But if you manage to find the Mandalorian through other means, uh, sure. Go ahead, enjoy it for what it's worth. I would or say, or if you know a friend who actually is, you know, rich enough to afford <laughs> or pay for Disney Plus for reasons unknown, yeah, go ahead and do that too. I still say watch it, but try to find another way to watch it if possible. <laughs> I will say, I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if at least they decided to, since it's gone off its official run? I mean, you should put this in network or in syndication. You should just put this on like normal terrestrial TV. Yeah, they've done this for a couple of HBO shows, and they've done this for. Uh, some of the DC comic shows for different... I mean, I know iFlix and a couple of other networks in Malaysia, Astro especially, they do that a mm. bit here and there. So maybe, who knows? Maybe but I'd also... I mean, like, I think if Disney wants to be smart about their money, they're definitely going to have to keep everything within their own ecosystem. And yeah. as much as I dislike the whole Walt Garden approach to things, um, I would say The Mandalorian, for me, I mean, a quick rating, yeah, definitely it's worth watching. It's a strong maybe 7, 7.5 upon 10 for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a solid B. It's it's a great show. John Favreau does his best to retain not only the hallmarks of classic Star Wars, but also maybe you know the the samurai film or even the western. I mean, the the influences he wears on his sleeve, and I also kind of respect the fact that he respects what he's influenced by. Yeah. And I mean, there's some lovely nods to like, uh, especially like the samurai film, especially with the white shots, or especially with that sniper battle. Oh, and you're just seeing, shots, yeah, and just seeing two figures stand off against each other. Yep. And this is a man who definitely gets Star Wars. I would say John Favreau, if anything, is also probably his pedigree because the work he put in for the the first Marvel films, especially with Iron Man, like he gets the character, and not only that, he gets the setting, and he gets also what the fans are kind of expecting. And he doesn't full on try to deliver. It doesn't feel like any other Star Wars product where it's like a whole series of checkboxes. It's more like a man who wants to kind of express himself artistically and also at the same time pay homage to things that inspired him, which is very much in, tra- in tradition of Star Wars because, I mean, if you were to ask George Lucas, it's like he's nothing but a huge fan of Kurosawa. Kurosawa films, yeah. And especially like, you know, the likes of like John Ford and his uh, work in Westerns like The Searchers. Like the entire opening of Luke Skywalker on his home planet of Tatooine, right? And also him discovering uh, the demise of uh, what Anne Baru and Uncle Owen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, that's straight up the searches. That's straight up John Ford worship right there. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, if anything, compared to a lot of what's been going on with the Star Wars in terms of visual media, this is actually a true passing of the torch. And if anybody would have probably any like right to continue this, I would say we should give John Favreau a chance maybe at films. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't. Know, I mean, we I'll tried be honest. I kind of prefer seeing more TV series like this from John Favreau. Like maybe after he's done in the Mandalorian, after a couple of seasons, maybe mm-hmm. switch to another side. Like uh, maybe like a rebel smuggler trying to be like Han Solo but failing at it, and maybe different kind of storylines here and there, or like Star Wars stories from different directors. That will also be the next step. Like uh, amazing stories, but with the Star Wars kind of twist and everything. So really extend the extended universe because <laughs> all of that has been retconned properly, right? Because none of the books uh, let's matter, not, let, We'll talk about that later, but I'm thinking <laughs> more like between the 30-year 30 30 uh, span between uh, 
episode 6 and episode 7. That's a lot of stories you can make up from that. Hell, just go back to maybe before episode 1, you know, like what Knights of the Old Republic did back then. I kind of want to see that, that evolution of a TV show happening. But for now, yeah, Mandalorian definitely deserves a lot of praise and watchable uh, views and everything because I want to see what happens in the eventual seasons how they're going to bring this character to light like how they're going to expand upon it yeah I guess so and I mean the worst thing they can do is have that Yoda character grow up I mean that baby Yoda <laughs> like once he starts talking and becoming all sassy and like annoying like I'm eh. kind of imagining like teen Groot for the baby Yoda you know what I mean oh like <laughs> now nah, we don't need this <laughs> uh, no thanks no thanks I mean yeah. like if you definitely ha- have nothing but uh, mad love for Lone Wolf and Cop. Yes. Also known as Shogun Assassin in the West for all you people who don't <laughs> appreciate Asian films. Uh, Jesus. But like, yeah, yeah, we know what you're influenced by John Favreau and yes, yeah. I thoroughly appreciate all the, the homages. Yeah, okay, I like that. I like it. It yeah. felt like a worthy tribute to not only Star Wars but to a whole bunch of films from the 70s and even before. Yeah. Uh, the Westerns and your Samurai flicks. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, like, this is prime for that kind of treatment. I mean, like, something like The Mandalorian, literally a... He's literally a Yojimbo. He's he's a bounty hunter. He's yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a killer for hire. Usagi Yojimbo. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just have him, like, fuck around, the, like, the galaxy, like, you know, earning cash and killing off dudes. Yeah. But... Uh, I would say where it goes from here, I'm not too sure. And uh, I would say I'm not thoroughly excited, but I am definitely interested. So Curious. Yeah. More like curious. I'm yeah. curious because, you know, I mean, in light of what else is available... <laughs> <laughs> okay. A lot oh, of precursoring shit going on. <laughs> yeah, we have to precursor the prequels and the sequels yep, yep, and yep. especially what we're going to be talking about in the main segment. But before that, let's yes. talk about some... Uh, other good, good old-fashioned video games. <laughs> yeah. We're still a video games podcast. So yes, yep. we've been holding on to this for a couple of months. Almost a month, I'm sorry. I think the a game month. came out in November-ish, right? Uh, the middle of November, yeah. Which mm. is a pretty terrible month for me because a lot of shit I, I basically had to review and play through. Dude, uh, Outer Worlds yeah. came out. Disco Elysium came out. So much things to play, so little time. Yeah. Code we had, came we out. had to actually play Death Stranding for our review previously. Oh, fuck that. that took, I want my yeah, time hours. and my money back. But luckily, okay. I washed off that taste with uh, Darksiders Genesis and the Shovel Knight, the last Shovel Knight DLC, which is nice. Really? Yeah, yeah uh, the King of Cards. That's actually not bad. Proper platforming, huh? Yeah, good old uh, 2D old school platforming. Good oh, shit. Man. But you know what? Speaking of platforming, how about some 3D platforming? Oh, yeah. That's Uncharted style slash Assassin's Creed style. We're going to be talking about Star Wars The Fallen Order. Star Wars A- Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's... Fine, <laughs> that was it. Uh, sorry, but uh, I mean, that's not just the review. I mean, that can be the review. It's fine. <laughs> okay, maybe just a bit of the explanation. So, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is about a uh, Jedi named Cal Cal Kestis who is on the run from the Empire after they found out that he was a Jedi. This takes place a couple of years after uh, Episode Three, where Order Sixty Six was basically en route. Where all the Jedi's are currently being slaughtered mm. around. The I next mean, years. like, yeah, he's a survivor of Order sixty six. He yep. decides to seek refuge in a junk planet, and he has apparently lost his memory yep. for the sake of narrative and gameplay. Yes, yes. <laughs> because okay, sure. I mean, I guess that's how you have to kind of uh, reveal his powers to him. Uh, yeah. And uh, once he comes to contact with the ninth and second sister. Yep. Who are called Inquisitors, right? A special they kind of They got rescued Sith. by a group, by a sort of rebel group with Sarah and that grumpy pilot, and then they go on adventures to revive the, the Jedi Council. 
Yep. Yep. That's pretty so much it. That's pretty much it. And then you are set forth to do that. And you get to not only span the galaxy. No, no, wait. You don't span the galaxy. Uh, total you spend a bunch of planets. A <laughs> bunch of planets. Yeah. A bunch of planets is enough to start the, uh, the Jedi Council, apparently. So the entire... I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but the, the whole thing is they need to find where the younglings are stashed. Mm-hmm. And uh, and while they're trying to explore crypts and different locations here and there... Can we call them tombs? Cashing, yeah, tombs. Too. They're, he's raiding tombs, basically. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the correct video game nomenclature for these kind of things is either dungeons or tombs. Okay, yeah. Grave robbing, yes. It's a video game thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So as he's exploring that, his memory comes back and he actually gets back his powers, which all fits into gameplay because as he progresses... Um, yeah, he gets his force push powers, his force pull, and a bunch of other powers here and there. So that's pretty cool. I mean, like, uh, I would say yeah, it's very video gaming in that aspect because, like, you can't just give him all the powers at first because then you get Saints Row 4, yeah. which is kind of fun, but, you know, kind of pointless because we need to have some sort of a- ascension through the game. Mm-hmm. And I would say this, in terms of gameplay, what Fallen Order does well is that it uh, copies from the best. It cherry picks what other games have done. Uh, most notably, Dark Souls. Most notably, definitely the Uncharted series. Especially in the way the narrative and the platforming kind of uh, interweave within each other. And some of the duels with the bigger creatures. And yeah. the fact when you actually go to a campfire, I forgot what that word is. Yeah, you have your enemies respawning again after you meditate. And yeah, the meditation points, right? Yes. So I would say this. Um, oh yeah. Also, shout outs to Metroidvania. For they they lifted the map system wholesale from Metroid Prime. <laughs> that's that's a lovely map system, to be honest. Well, I like it to open works. up mapping. It works. Yeah. It works. works. It's yeah. exactly what you would expect, and it's a great way for you to understand the uh, traversal routes, so to yeah. speak. Height, so, elevation, all that. Yeah. Yeah, that thing go. you're looking for is on the second floor of that chamber. Okay, yes. how do you get there? You follow this path. Okay, neat. Uh, so, Fallen Order, in terms of video game quality, I would say, I mean, it's a strong attempt. And that's not saying much because what a lot of the current uh, conversation is, is basically everybody feels that this is probably one of the best Star Wars games in a while. And that's not really saying much. In a while, it's fine. I mean, I could say that's correct. But if all time, prob- definitely not. Definitely nah, not all time. I mean, like, if a lot of people are giving this too much high praise, then I would say you gotta check yourself. You haven't played enough Star Wars games. But also, I do understand the fact that in light of stuff like the Battlefront debacle and everything else that EA has done with the brand and also with the unknown list of cancelled games when it comes to the Star Wars uh, franchise, yes, it's surprising to see something actually come out of all of that. Yeah, from EA, the guys who actually did cancel all those Star Wars projects from a while back. I mean, this was put together by, I think, Stig Rasmussen? I can't remember Stig Rasmussen, yeah. He was the uh, God of War director at one point, a couple of times, yeah. He did God of War 3, right? That's his... Yeah. Uh, God of War 3, and I'm not sure... I think he did 4, uh, Ascension. Ascension, God of War Ascension too. Yeah. Ascension was the PS Vita exclusive, right? No, no, no. God of War Ascension was a PS3. Um, is it a spin-off or is it... Is it's like the prequel to God of War 1. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I don't remember that. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. I, did I, think not, I think not a lot of people remember that. It had multiplayer too. So. What was the PS Vita? Ex- oh, that's Chains, uh, Chains of, Olympus. of Olympus. and Ghost of Sparta. Yeah. Okay. Oh, those were fun for a while. Yeah, I mean, those were fun. Those were fun for the bus, right? So I would say um, the pedigree is there. I do appreciate definitely the scale and the scope of things and I also definitely appreciate the fact that very much like the Mandalorian this tries to keep in uh, tradition 
to the aesthetics and also to the um, atmosphere that is like you know very uh, noticeable. I mean, I would say also like familiar. It's like it feels like it's in the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. and that's one thing it does right. It does also kind of feel like uh, he is very much aware of like I would say what hasn't been done yet because uh, I do feel like especially Kashyyyk in itself in the way it's designed. Uh, it's it's been a while since I felt like okay now this feels like a sheep you know what I mean yeah. or even on Dathomir but Dathomir to me feels like okay this is Dark Souls map but red yeah red desert everything yeah eh, so I mean yeah. you know what I mean but it does its best to keep things uh I would say varied because I mean it's a video game you gotta have your your fire stage you gotta have your forest stage you gotta have your green stage and what have you so in terms of level design I would say it's varied uh, it's not particularly I would say expansive because I mean missed opportunity like you know why don't we visit like other familiar places because like as much as I enjoy going to the Wookiee home planet of Kashyyyk and rescuing a bunch of Wookiees uh, let's go to Endor let's go to Tatooine I mean that would be stuff you know, it would be nice especially in this game if we could visit maybe the cantina on Tatooine yeah yeah you know nice. what I mean and it's like but I mean I, maybe I'm asking for too much because I think what this game does and does well is that it knows its limits it does what it needs to and also it does what it needs to well. It doesn't try to be over-ambitious and it doesn't try to undersell or oversell for that matter. And I would say the strength of this game is definitely also when it comes to the gameplay, it does cherry-pick and it does take from things that are familiar. So if you like Uncharted, if you like Dark Souls and if you like maybe a little bit of that uh, kind of uh, backtracking Zelda-ish Metroidvania like you know oh there's still secrets and stuff to unlock once you unlock more force powers oh yeah those are the nice bits I actually enjoy with that game too Yeah, I mean like the collectibles and everything else uh, to me it feels like I mean it's a solid video game but if you want to put it in terms of like stacking in the pantheon of other Star Wars games it kind of really falls short but I, I don't I, think it's going to make like any top 10 list of all the best Star I Wars doubt games. so. I mean, like, if you want to do the top 10 list of Star Wars games, right? you already have two Knights of the Old Republic games already. Yeah, all you have three the original X-Wing games. Yeah, you, know, that. you even have like the, the SNES classics or the Super Star Wars series. You know? And it, that already will take up like 10 games, you know? Yeah. Then not to even mention like the true masterpiece of Star Wars video games, which is the Jedi Knight series. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, or the, the Dark Forces, Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Academy, like, there you go. That's five almost flawless Star Wars games, and also, especially for more. And, and even the Sega Star Wars game too. That was a fun arcade ride. I gotta yeah, admit, dude. Yeah, I totally agree. The one where you, where it's basically you either pilot an X-wing or you fight Darth Vader. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That was man. The, that took a lot of money from me back in the day. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would say. Fallen Order does what it needs to do and it does it well. To me, it feels very similar to something like maybe uh, Ninja Theory's Enslaved mm-hmm. in terms of uh, traversal, in terms of combat. It, it's, I would say this, it does enough. If you're new to video games or if you're new to maybe uh, games of this uh, style or this kind of uh, ilk, it is definitely, I would say... I know I hate to say serviceable, but I would definitely have to use serviceable. Yeah. I want it, to say that this is the one time when EA was trying not to, you know, oversell its game to a point with microtransactions. This would be the game to actually experience those good old days. Because I remember <laughs> back in like 2008, 7, 
again, they were doing Mass Effect. They were doing Mass Effect 2. They were doing uh, Mirror's Edge, the first one. And uh, the Shadows of the Dam game, that was a couple of years later. You I enjoyed that? Like, <laughs> uh, it was kind of fun. I mean, for what it is, you know, for what it is. A nice single-player experience and everything. Those were like the good old days before EA decided to actually, yeah, you kind of need to make all this money back. So it's like a nice little uh, revisit to the era when EA wanted to take chances, especially the Dead Space series back then as well. Mm. So again, I guess they trusted Respawn enough after, you know, after Apex Legends were making EA a lot of bank, as well as beforehand when they were proving themselves with the two Titanfall games, per se. Definitely, yeah. There's definitely a lot of the... Was this the Titanfall team that put this together? Yeah, it was, yeah right? Respawn did this, yes. So, I would say this, right? I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed Titanfall 1 and 2. Yeah, that was good shit. Those games are kind of underrated to me. They definitely deserve a little bit more love. But I mean, similar to how I feel about those games is like, because they're such compact experiences and especially with the universe as large as Star Wars, I mean, I'm not saying I felt shortchanged, but I do feel like you could have done more. And what I'm afraid of is like, probably, yeah, I mean, the next step is definitely uh, additional content via DLC, yeah, which I would be good, appreciate, yeah. you know, because I mean, in terms of the narrative, I'm not that big up on it. I mean, it's, it's your classic tale of, uh, Jedi fight Sith. Sith actually feels. Uh, I mean, there was a connection with the main characters and yeah. some of the main characters and with the Sith over I mean, people fighting you. I would say this right. It's it's a standard kind of Star Wars story where you know good guy bad guy things happen and then we have this final uh, climatic showdown. Mm-hmm, yep, yep. But you know what? Uh, I also thoroughly will say you know what? I enjoyed the final battle and also the sudden Darth Vader reveal. Oh yes, yes, that was pretty cool. So I thought to myself, is like, okay, yeah, but then that's where it ended, and that's what I'm kind of saying is like, then it becomes new game plus. That's when you have to kind of do your cleanup and like pick up whatever lost, uh, undiscovered collectibles or undiscovered areas of maps. Uh, I don't know. The game felt way too short, which is weird because like if you're paying full price for a game, and I do understand that the current metric is. Most video games usually, in, especially when it comes to single-player campaigns, it's between the 6-7 to seven hour mark. And adding the very Dark Souls-ish kind of battle system. And I mean, I'm not saying that it's easy. But I'm saying, if, you're, if you play Dark Souls, this is barely a challenge. Yeah. Because I beat this game on uh, Jedi Master dif- difficulty. The more. second highest difficulty, right? Was it? Yeah, I think there's one more higher than that, which had to be unlocked, if not, if not mistaken. But... I did not feel like it pushed me to any tr- like to my to limits my gameplay ability, and if anything, a lot of the false the the false powers, uh, they're way too useful. I mean, if you're to compare this to Dark Souls, like Dark Souls, you're heavily reliant on basically your ability to dodge, parry, and pick your moments. Yeah, reflexes and adapting to the situation. I mean, yeah, it's adapting to situation, memorization, and definitely reflexes. Whereas something like uh, Fallen Order, I mean, like once you have force push and you can interrupt enemy attacks, yes. or when you have even more of the more powerful force abilities like force pull, yes, or when you can actually like stop time mm-hmm. and you can literally walk around enemies as they're attacking you, I would say uh, this game, uh, yeah, it doesn't really promote the kind of player growth you expect from, say, a Dark Souls. So, I mean, don't expect to be challenged at all mm-hmm. but don't but I mean don't I would say underestimate this game either I mean it's definitely a fun little romp and it's definitely up there in terms of like 
something like Uncharted is like, yeah, it's it's fun and it's also kind of like once you're done with it, you have no reason to play it ever again. I think definitely Respawn knew that they had to make like an all not all ages star, more like a Star Wars game that even your casual players can pick up and play per se, which is why they had all those difficulties. But at the same time, maybe they I guess the DLC that they could actually churn out in the future if they could continue it was maybe have like a harder labyrinth thing going on, like a bloody palace sort of ordeal like they did with nah, I don't think I don't think that would make any sense, especially with the combat mechanics of this game, because uh if anything, it's when you are surrounded by maybe four or five more enemies when you get overwhelmed because Or maybe take BD out of the mix, you know, because he's your healing guy basically. So yeah, maybe true that. But I mean, I would say also like one thing that is very prevalent in this game is you will be wrestling with the camera quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and if anything, once you get overwhelmed, and I'm not a fan of the targeting system, but it works for what it does. And I would say it doesn't really require you to be too, I would say, you don't really have to think on the fly. If anything, compared to something like Dark Souls where you're on like on edge the entire time and every move could be fatal right this is like you can actually survive a lot of the onslaught just by blocking and paying attention and finding your moments mm-hmm. and I was anything like it's not punishing at all so yeah I don't I mean especially if people say that this is a hard game or it's Dark Souls like yeah I mean, it's not it's that, that is very misleading it's Dark Souls like in the way it's presented in the way that once you get killed off especially during a combat sequence with your saber you die and you literally have to return to uh, where you died and kill the... You, you don't even have to, to kill him. You just have to you just, just touch to him once him. with lightsaber. Yeah. You can literally just like throw a force push at him and if yeah. that counts as damage, you get all your uh, your your XP and your life. Yeah, back. like a love tap basically. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I mean, calling this baby's first Dark Souls is probably more accurate. Like if you And even of, then, there's code vein for that, which we discussed in the previous uh, couple of episodes. Which I heard is actually, if you want a Dark Souls like that isn't too punishing, you should start there. Yeah. But if you're really not sure, maybe, or if you if you like something like that, but you want some Star Wars as well, definitely pick up Fallen Order. Yes, yeah, Fallen Order would be good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not say. Uh, particularly impressed with the traversal I mean it's stuff we've seen before it's stuff we've seen in Assassin's Creed it's stuff we've seen in Uncharted and also it doesn't quite fill in the gaps as well as it should because it really does feel like traversal section uh, combat section and combat section is few and far between and then most of the time it's just you parrying like stormtrooper blasts which is not difficult at all yeah yeah it's I mean, if anything, like if there was one thing I wish they did was they added more of a shooter element because especially when it comes to the Stormtrooper encounters, right? It kind of feels very, I would say, boring after a while because once you master the timing of uh, parrying a Stormtrooper blast and it's literally like once you encounter a whole bunch of them, like it could be any number, 9, 10, 20 of them. It's just like hold block and... Once, and just press can, block at the right time you know like that, tap it like a mini game you so, know, like, like so it just perfectly parry things and it, it just one shots the, the trooper back mm-hmm. and it comes to a point especially when you like backtracking and you're trying to uh, uncover more things right like it, it just felt like a, an annoyance rather than a challenge or like anything necessary especially because you respawn every time you do your meditation right yeah. and like oh hey the stormtroopers have respawned and it's like it's ample opportunity to really practice and nail your timings so It'll come to a point where, yeah, like a lot of these stormtrooper segments. If I mean, like, 
just give me like a Wookiee Bowcaster or something, you know, or like a, or like, or like a Han Solo Blaster. So it's like, okay, make this into an FPS section or a, for some people a 3PS section, you know. Then like, okay, then I need to take cover, then I need to be smart with my ammo. Then like you add a, a whole level of gameplay. And I'm, and I'm, of course, yes, this was done way better in like the Jedi Knight series. Which is also kind of strange because the Jedi Knight series started out as a shooter, but everybody just ended up using lightsabers because they were Imba. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it felt like okay, you only use your saber, and uh, that's it. So that's why I would say it feels I feel a little bit shortchanged. It's like oh, in the in the Star Wars universe, and all I do is have saber battles. Eh. But then again, uh, Force Unleashed also exists, so there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think if they were to do a sequel, which I'm sure they will because this game sold gangbusters, mm. I think we're going to need multiple characters in like Cal's adventure in the future. Like maybe More a aliens. person. Or aliens, yeah, actual aliens. More yes. aliens, less yeah. humans, please. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because it's still Star Wars. It's like galaxy far, far away stuff. Like, I, mean, um, I forgot which game. Okay, maybe I'll pick Darksiders Genesis where you can switch between Strife and War. One's a shooter, one's a melee guy. Maybe have that for the upcoming uh, Jedi Fallen Order sequel. Mm. Call it whatever you want. Still keep the Metroidvania platforming uh, dual combat thing going on, but have different kind of playstyles, you know, like have each of them have equal bits here and there. So You know what I would like to see? I would like to see maybe uh, like a Ninja Theory or even the DMC team take a stab at this because imagine... That would be cool. That would be cool. Fallen Order with air combos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. you would think it's actually, you know, like the way Cal actually fights... You would mm-hmm. think that he would actually just throw his lightsaber up and then do a jumping attack combo and yeah. slamming it down I to mean, the ground. I mean, you literally you know? unlock the double jump attack first. And yes. like the, the first instinct I thought was like, oh, wait, does this game have air combos? Can I we launch things into the air? Rankings? Yeah. You rankings. Know? Can I go like <laughs> triple J rankings? Jedi. Triple S Skywalker. Skywalker. Like keep a combo going up in mid-air, right? It's like, I mean, we can only think so far. I mean, like, there's also so many force powers that you don't really need. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the the saber throw is, like, totally kind of pointless. And also, I don't know, I mean, if you know how to parry perfectly and you know how to do your, your counter-attack move, right? It's, it's just literally waiting for your moment when the guy attacks, perfectly parry, press attack, and you insta-kill things. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, alright. So, um, sure, I guess. Uh, but okay, let's also before we round up this review, let's also kind of talk about the boss battles, which um, I would say, yeah, not enough. <laughs> I kind of need more to be honest. We kind of need like way more boss are. battles. It's pretty challenging and get the timing rate right, but at the same time, yeah, we kind of need more of that, more of the duels, especially. Yeah, and I was a little bit disappointed with the final battle with the actual Nine Sister because. You could You're literally basically fighting him or her, sorry, her like any other boss that you fought earlier on. Not only that, once you discover that she is very susceptible to force push. <laughs> yeah, that's And like that force push can like basically cancel any of her animations, any of her attacks. So it's basically if she's gonna throw her lightsaber at you or if she's a little bit too overwhelming, you turn on your uh, your slow time uh, force ability. Yeah, yeah. Just sidestep her, force push her, cancel her animation. You have at least three, I mean, max three lucky shots. Then you just uh, dash back or you jump away. And then, you know, allow her to kind of attack you. You block perfectly, rebuild your force meter, and then repeat ad nauseum. And you'll beat her in about two or three minutes. Yeah. And, uh, <sighs> I mean, even with like second sister, it's like, it's exactly the same thing. It's just find your moment, you know, yeah, just yeah. memorize patient, the patterns. Block. Perry, yeah, that's all yeah, you know, be a Jedi, be patient, do not let your emotions control you. Yes. Okay, 
I mean, especially for the younger players or people of well, I mean, with less experience in these kind of games, it's like, yeah, just be a Jedi. Just wait for your moment. Be like Qui Gon Jinn. Meditate. Yes. Meditate. <laughs> concentrate. Okay. Block. 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 Find your moment. Don't get hit. <laughs> so, in essence, uh, Fallen Order. Yeah, I totally am in agreement with a lot of the reviewers where this is a solid Star Wars game. Is it one of the best Star Wars games of all times? I thoroughly disagree. Ah, uh, hell no. <laughs> I mean, it's a good entry point, especially, and especially for people who are fans of uh, modern gaming, especially with all the trappings and tropes therein. Yeah, if you're disappointed by the recent Battlefront series and mm. the multiplayer bits here and there, yeah, this would be the best way to go for you know your solid single-player action adventure Star Wars title. I would say like this. I would like to see what uh, they did with the Arkham games. Like you have Arkham City, which is a nice compact uh, game that does all it can and then in the next one expand mm -hmm, yeah. so I mean that's definitely the next thing I want to see is like I would definitely like to see Fallen Order 2 which is inevitable Yeah. go a little bit bigger and don't try to incorporate any of the uh, the sprawling aspects of something like Arkham City I do like the fact that uh, the planet traversal is limited to maybe the size of a like a bunch of mazes and labyrinths mm -hmm. And just keep it that size, but maybe more let, variety. Let me like a giant-ass city for one part. You know, like, maybe not Naboo. I'm not sure what other places are there. That's been... No, not... invent a new one. Just be just be imaginative, invent a new city, create a hub world, and then basically, uh, you know, traverse the galaxy. Each one, I like what they did here. Each planet has its very specific theme and very specific motivations. Keep it that way. I also kind of enjoy the fact that you can pick up companions along the way, but it would be especially uh, more interesting if we could use those companions. Yeah, make them playable with your own set of skills and things. Yeah. So yeah, I would say, uh, I don't know, there's nothing else I want to say about Fallen Order. I mean, my overall consensus, this is definitely, yeah, six and a half. Yeah, this is mostly positive from our side. So I'm giving it like a seven out of ten. Really yeah. good, good, solid game. It's, it's a strong B, yeah. Yeah, at least for a games made this year, it's solid. Definitely solid stuff. So, uh, with that out of the way, we've handled TV, we've handled video games. Now, on to the next SEO category, films. Film, yes. So yeah, we're going to be talking, in this segment, we're going to be talking about Star Wars 9, The Rise of Skywalker. And are we going to go straight to spoilers, or are we just going to do a spoiler-free before we get into the nitty-gritty? I say maybe we do in traditional The Last King, where we have a section where it's uh, spoiler-free. Yep. And then we go on to full spoilers later, and there will definitely be a countdown for all of you who uh, you know, <laughs> are a little bit too sensitive to things being revealed. But yeah. why are you even listening to us? You should be watching Star Wars right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, just take a look, gather your own opinions, and then come back to the show and see, you know, or check us out. Yeah. my recommendation, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, 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 not supporting the Disney overlords as well. So, yeah, that's also a thing. Not at all. But, okay. Uh, okay so I guess we have to get to that. Um, so, Star Wars, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Man, I'm going to keep saying that. Um, so, it continues the story. Or just I call guess it Ross. It right <laughs> the story. Star Wars Ross. Yes, yes. Rise Star of Skywalker. Or R-O-T-S, Rise of the Skywalker. Rots. Rots. Yeah, nice acronym right there. Come think nah, of it. Man. So, okay, general consensus, I would say, uh, how about you? What do you think overall? I have incredibly mixed feelings with this film. <laughs> okay, on one hand, I kind of can see the trouble that J.J. Abrams had to do to appease people and then... I thoroughly agree, yeah. Trying it, it, to this, get through the... the Talking to board uh, shareholders, talking to uh, the woman who handles the Star Wars IP. Kathleen Kennedy. Thank you, yes. And um, 
having a really short turnaround after uh, Rice was... Because I think J.J. Abrams was doing other shit, if I recall, right? He had better things to do, definitely. I mean, if I recall, the last thing he was very proud of announcing was, he's working on a Spider-Man comic. Yeah, there you go. Whatever that was about. And that had the shortest turnaround time compared to The Force Awakens and uh, Rides, uh, and uh, The Last Jedi and even the past other movies as well which had a lot of breathing room to be made. That's the sad part. I mean, if you think about it, like The Force Awakens was definitely decades in the making. Yes. I mean, it's been... It took its time and when it arrived, as much as people were kind of disappointed with how close it was to uh, A New Hope, it actually did, I would say... It traverse. worked in its favour because it's trying to remind mm. people why they like Star Wars. I said, I think it, it worked. It balanced perfectly on the tightrope of uh, appeasing the fans but not being a little bit too, I would say, impenetrable in terms of like, you know, we need to introduce all these ideas and all these characters and all this lore. And they did it through the legacy actors, which I kind of appreciated. But I was also not appreciative of what they did to Luke Skywalker, especially what they did to him in the second movie. Now, as much as I was very adamant and I was also apathetic about The Last Jedi. Okay, like for me, The Last Jedi was a movie that I didn't really care about. It was very average. And this is coming from a hardcore Star Wars fan. And I thought to myself, like, okay, this is. I'm like, in hindsight. After all, like after two years and thinking about it and really, and watching it multiple times, don't forget. Yeah, and like coming to terms with it, I've seen it a few more times, and I have uh, definitely come to the conclusion that the Last Jedi fucking sucks. <laughs> and I will say this right, especially when it comes to my earlier review uh, a couple of years ago in our second season where we were we were reviewing the Last Jedi. I mean, this was me fresh from the cinema. I was still giddy from the fact that I watched another Star Wars film in the cinema. And yes, I mean, the fanboy in me was kind of... Uh, it's that moment I had when I was watching something like The Dark Knight Rises where I was leaving the cinema and I was trying to convince myself, it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. It's not that bad. And I know, then I know, like the years come in, you gotta actually... And then the doubt film. just grows and then when you start asking questions and then you think to yourself like, no, it was bad. Oh my God, I can't be a fanboy about this. In fact, I think, especially nowadays, it's better... If you're a fanboy, be fucking angry at it. Yeah. Be fucking angry and passionate about the things that you do care about. Because this is not in your hands, it's in the hands of corporations now. It's in the hands of people who aren't artists. And I totally agree with you how J.J. Abrams kind of had to, I would say, circumvent or maybe, you know, um, flip over the stuff that Rian Johnson did. And definitely in hindsight, when I was thinking about it, a lot of the choices that was made in the second movie did not make any sense. And I would also say that the fan backlash that has occurred over the course of time has amplified how everybody really truly feels, especially Star Wars fans. Yeah, yeah. So J.J. Abrams definitely had to rewalk the tightrope again where we need to appease the fans but also appease the boardroom. Now, the boardroom, I'm very much uh, sure that their only ambition was we need to retain our consumer base. We can't have any more people not buying fucking Star Wars toys because Rostiku dolls and Snoke dolls sold shit at Walmart. <laughs> compared to nope. your Rays, compared to your Fins and your Poles People and bought Ray action figures, people bought BB-8 action figures. Nobody bought these periphery characters with nothing to do and who were overall just pointless in the second film. Now, I did not bring up my... Okay, I did kind of bring up my problems with Rostiku in the second film. She is literally... What is the fucking point of this character? Yeah. And she's, also, just as, she's just as purposeful as the casino scene. We don't need that at all when you think about it. And it, it totally makes her... I, I would say, right, yeah, right where she belongs. She's in 
the background of this film mm-hmm. for the whole time. Remember that entire, uh, I would say, romantic angle they were trying to push with her and Finn? Yeah. Does not play out. Not a spoiler. Okay. But if anything, J.J. Abrams definitely has to uh, look at the giant picture because this isn't about an artist trying to tell a story or expand on the lore and the legacy left behind by uh, George Lucas. This is a guy who needs to kind of appease the corporate overlords and the only way to appease the corporate overlords is this has to make money. What can you do right now to make money? And in okay. a couple of years too, don't forget. That's yeah, quite short. We, we have to shit this out in two years. We yeah, also that's released, the word. Yeah, shit it out. Yeah. And we released a solo film which bombed. Okay, a Star Wars movie has never bombed. Anything with Star Wars branding has never bombed. Solo, a Star Wars movie, which is the prequel story of one of the most charming and the most memorable and like one of the coolest smugglers in all the galaxy mm-hmm. was a total shit show. <laughs> Alright, I fucking hated that movie too. But maybe I was a little bit adamant during my review. In hindsight, thinking about it, Solo was also a very terrible movie. Yeah. So for me, with all these truths in my head like when I was watching this and I had to review it honestly and that's the, the thing the, and the whole you also time... gotta take the series as a whole now since this second trilogy is already complete as well too yeah so the thing is right that was the argument I, uh, that was, I was having with myself I was watching this movie because the fanboy in me was telling myself okay you gotta kind of allow J.J. Abrams to kind of you know uh, not only set course but also at the same time what it get salvage as well. Salvage, yeah. This was an entire self. I mean, fuck. When you said that this movie feels like uh, somebody, you know, is 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 all about appeasement. This whole movie reeks of fucking damage control. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it is literally like okay, we need to do everything to appease all the demographics because this has to make a billion dollars. If this doesn't make a billion dollars or even more, we might just tank Star Wars, which is unheard of. Because this is a franchise that not only redefined pop culture, but also redefined fandom. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand, it's like this is probably one of the most successful film franchise- franchises of all time. Yes. It cannot shit the bed anymore because, if anything, the fandom writes itself. It's like, okay, to me, this feels like J.J. Abrams was in the boardroom pitching to them, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to fix uh, episode 9. Yep. We do this, 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 and this, and... How, why is this going to work? Because we need to also speak in terms of executives. Hey, remember Return of the Jedi? We're going to do that. That made money. Hey, remember that thing from that other thing? That made money. Hey, they like the legacy characters. They like Mark Hamill. They like fucking Harrison Ford. They like Carrie Fisher. Oh, Carrie Fisher passed away? Don't worry. We'll shoehorn her in somehow. Yeah, yeah. You that's know? some B-roll we took from Force Awakens It and wasn't Last even Jedi. fucking B-roll because it's like, if anything, the opening sequence, seeing... Carrie Fisher doing those weird line readings which oh, felt yes. like snippets. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It was fucking jarring, sir. And it, I was kind of mildly insulted by it. I was like thinking, okay, this is how you do Carrie Fisher. This is how you do the princess. This is your best fucking idea. She didn't even need to be in it. In fact, I would say this. If you wanted to deal with Carrie Fisher's death and do it respectfully and do it in a way that didn't leave a bad taste in people's mouth. Firstly, don't fucking do that weird deep fake put her face on another actress who can't quite move or can't quite have the same mannerisms as her. Especially in that scene when she and Ray were talking and she yeah. kind of walked away too fast. No, no, Carrie Fisher is a 70-year-old lady. She doesn't walk away that fast. 
I'm sorry, that's not her. And then comes that whole uncanny valley, that whole kind of feeling of like, okay, this is not honest. This is not them trying to put together some emotional aspect or some narrative aspect. This is just, we need to show Carrie Fisher. And we have to somehow wrap up that arc that we actually brought up. It wasn't even wrapping eight, up an arc. Yeah. It was just literally whatever that they brought up in part 8, you know, I would say it's like, yeah, we could have done away with all of that. We could have just done this in the fucking title crawl. Like how they did Luke Skywalker in like uh, The Force Awakens. It was basically, you know, chapter 9, here we go. Uh, Princess Leia has passed. She has met... No, she, she died of old age or she... Like, just do it respectfully. Don't fucking drag her out like that. And from that moment on, because she is one of the first things you see, mm-hmm. already that left a bad taste in my mouth. And that already triggered my reason to kind of, okay, I can't be a fanboy about this. I'm going to readily hate this movie if they make any more mistakes. And then just kept, kept going fucking on. happening. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. This is dumb. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why, 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 why? Because firstly, we need to establish... Oh, uh, no spoilers as well. Don't forget. We are no spoilers. Down. But hey, this was kind of revealed during that nice song oh, the bite. Yes. In the trailer with the cackle, fucking Palpatine's here. And the first thing that came to my mind, and especially your mind, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming, how the fuck do you explain that? Yeah. They didn't. It's basically, he somehow survived and he has rebuilt himself. Not only has he rebuilt himself, also, as seen in the trailers, he manages to rebuild an entire fleet of Star Destroyers. With what resource? With how? You know? 30 and, years will do that to you? That's all I'm going 30 years? Dude, I, <laughs> I'm a 40-year-old man. In 30 years, I can barely build one Star Destroyer. <laughs> yeah. He must get up really early in the morning. Yes. Okay, a his, management, sk- <laughs> his <laughs> management skills are off the fucking chain, sir. Yes. <laughs> but then again, we're talking about the guy who rebuilt another Death Star yeah. just in time for a third movie. Yes. So I don't know. You know, he must be very fucking convincing. And especially this, it's established that this new Empire slash analog is the First Order. Or, no, sorry. Uh, later they'll be renamed the Final Order, which doesn't make fucking sense. The Why would you call them the Final Order? Yeah. Why don't you just call them The Order? Calling them The Final Order means that there's some sort of finality that they will end. Yes. Idiot. That's a <laughs> stupid thing to name anything. Never call a game final unless it's a fantasy yes, or a fight. Exactly. <laughs> okay? So, uh, notwithstanding, they introduced uh, Palpatine because why? We need to do course correction. This whole fucking movie is nothing but course correction. Because, because let's not forget, the main villain that they're supposed to bring in the show got killed in the 8th film. So... Yes. JJ Edwards had to figure out who the hell has. It was more, you know, recognizable enough as a main villain. They had to go to Palpatine somehow. Stronger than Snoke. Snoke got his ass kicked by fucking. Palatrix. Palatrix. And Kylo Ren. Okay. Oh, God. He he got fucking killed through misdirection. Yeah. How lame. And you thought Boba Fett's death was dumb. Yes. (laughs) They topped that. Well done, Rian Johnson. Who sucked a dick. I would say this also. Then. Okay, J.J. Abrams was definitely there in the writer's room, okay, thinking to himself, Palpatine, we bring back Palpatine. But how do we make him integral to the story? He is also... So here's the problem, Last King fans. 
we have to go into spoilers very soon. Yeah. But let's just wrap up our overall thoughts. Uh, maybe John, is there anything you want to add in this spoiler-free section before we go full on? Well, I'm just gonna say the only highlights for me is hey, you get to see nice action scenes and a nice soundtrack from John Williams, of course. But doesn't seem like he actually did much to you know create. It's music. the same fucking soundtrack. Same thing. Sir. Yes, exactly. There's yes. no rearrangements. There's no duel of the fates. There's no nothing new. I could use a duel of the fates to be honest, but uh, sure, whatever. Why? You know, for which which lightsaber scene would you have liked to hear duel? Of the fates? Exactly. That's the thing. It's like okay, do we sure. really need to. Do we really need to hear the same thing? No, we okay. Even rearrangements now feel fucking lazy. And besides, John Williams' score, giving him credit, yeah, he made that score like in the seventies. Seventies, yeah, thirty. It's the same 40, fucking score. Yes, yeah. Okay, so long ago. saying that the action scenes were good. Well, of course, the previous was probably finished years in advance. Mm-hmm. Okay, because especially when it comes to the action scenes and how they don't kind of gel at all with what else is going on in this film. Okay, everything is very few and far between, yes, and that yeah, is yeah. the least of this film's problems. If anything, uh, shall we go into full spoilers right now? Uh, soon, soon. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And again, like we said before, story, everything, It again, it just feels like two movies kind of crammed at once, and as a result, everything just feels like, oh, we introduced you new character, we introduced this, that new character, oh, uh, Star Wars cameo for courtesy of Billy D. Williams is back because of the trailers. We need everything legacies. just feels like rushed. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is just rushed. Totally. And then fucking J.J. Abrams also needs to put his stamp on things by having all his friends come back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Because, sure, why not, you know? Like, whenever J.J. Abrams goes to work, I think that's probably in their contractual clause, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, whenever J.J. Abrams does something, we need to appear in it, okay? Mm-hmm. Hey, remember us? We're from that show, Lost. What? Millennials don't remember yes. Lost. <laughs> okay. Or Felicity, right. yes. There you go. Carrie Russell as Robot. Well yes. done. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> kind of appreciated her? No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nice to see another woman in the in the Star Wars universe. Uh, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Kind of wish she was an alien, but sure, why not? Nah, I'm, I'm speaking for Tom. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tom needs to remind people that uh, we need to see more women in, in outer space films. We also need some more aliens, you idiot. Yes, aliens. <laughs> aliens, yeah. Okay, so full spoilers, ready? Yep, let's go. Three, two, one. Spoilers. spoilers. As of now, fuck this movie. Fucking Ray is a Palpatine. That is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard, ever and whoever came up with that shit, Jesus <laughs> fuck. That's your best idea. Not only do we need to retcon Rian Johnson, the entire subplot of her being a nobody, being somebody who is of no legacy or no destiny, was actually a great idea. But no. Now we need to not only retcon that, we need to also fucking retcon fucking Kylo Ren. I knew all along you were Palpatine. In fact... You were just omitting some things in the first two films. I wasn't totally honest with you. You were kind of a Palpatine. That's (laughs) the reason. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the whole bullshit like, hey, remember when Obi-Wan says like, oh, Darth Vader killed your father? Hey, Obi-Wan, you didn't say that Darth Vader was my father. You didn't ask. (laughs) If you were to say uh, metaphorically, yes, uh, Darth Vader was uh, the the one who killed Anakin (laughs) Skywalker. The man who was Anakin Skywalker does not exist anymore. Darth Vader killed him. Yes, yes. I'm fucking, I'm fucking Alec Guinness. Wordplay, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. Um, I forgot, this is a fucking Star Wars movie. We need to be cryptic as fuck. No, we need to write around bad plots. (laughs) Fuck me. Then, I'll, so, have to, I'll have to admit, um, you could actually sense that something up was with Rey, especially with the 8th film, when uh, she was doing the meditation with uh, Luke Skywalker, and then 
does that bit that she's actually going deep into the dark side with this is the mirror shit and going to that hole. I felt that that sort of lead up to that. So in a way, it's a dumbass plot it twist. It does not make any but sense whatsoever because the entire mirror scene, like the, meta- the metaphor... And the, and the whole scene as well too. Exactly. She saw into the darkness and she saw herself. There was no link. There was no parents. There was no legacy. I fucking like that idea. Oh, finally, somebody who's not a fucking Skywalker. Somebody who's not a fucking Solo. Somebody who's not... Okay, now they made her a Palpatine. Yeah, they, they, but they it was so yeah. nice to have fucking Star Wars for fucking ones not be about the same fucking family <laughs> oh, I'm we should fucking also talk sick about... and tired of seeing oh is it a Skywalker is it a Solo can we have other something people new. Yeah, it's not new. about this one fucking family a galaxy is fucking gigantic <laughs> alright this does not take place in your hometown no it spans multiple universes maybe L- like it says on the title card a long time ago in the galaxy far far away Far, yeah. <laughs> yeah. far, far away. Okay? Not neighborhood far, actual it far. It takes light years to get from one point into another, hence why they have light speed. I guess okay? that's why they're actually, they kind of wrote themselves in a nice so, way, like a lazy way to, to say Lazy, that. yes. Nice, fuck no. Because <laughs> firstly, for her to be a Palpatine, wait, you need to establish a few things first. Firstly, her parents sold her off to Junkers for booze money according to Kylo Ren in the second movie yeah. now he's like actually I wasn't being totally honest as he's rubbing his nipples for ha ha because what I'm what I meant to say is that you're a fucking Palpatine you're a very f- powerful force user. I decided to deceive you ha 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 for reasons plot wise yes. and then okay fuck's sake now she discovers she's a Palpatine cool what does she do? I need to find this emperor. I need to stop him. I need to I'm find the waypoint stone thingy. I need to find the waypoint stone thingy. But first, wait. So, your parents are the offspring of Palpatine. Who somehow got busy after falling off an elevator shoot. is your grandmother? Yes. That's what I want to know. Okay, don't give me that bullshit Darth Vader. Oh, she was just born, you know, like, that he had no father. It's like, no. No, 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 no. Okay, even George Lucas couldn't get away with it. Yeah. Okay, Palpatine had a kid. How? And remember, <laughs> he's a very busy man. He has to rebuild an entire fleet of Star Destroyers, rebuild himself. In fact, rebuild the entire Sith Nation. Well done, sir. What time do you get go to bed at night? Yes. I just wonder, does he sleep? Maybe. So, amidst all that, we send Rey far, far away. Very much like how they did it in prequel trilogy, where it was basically how do you explain Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader? We kind of don't really need to, but if you want to, this is the best idea we have because everything needs to run within the time frame yeah. of a feature film. Yes. Okay, nowadays we can go as far as two and a half hours, anything longer than that is kind of obnoxious. Yeah, all right, either way, this is a Star Wars film. We also have all these other fucking characters we need to explain, which Sure, two and a half hours, my time, I can't have it back, I don't care. But you know what I can do? I can complain. Yes, so, fucking Rey is a Palpatine. Fucking Kylo Ren knew, fucking, like, they even revealed later, like, oh yeah, even the princess knew. But she saw the light in you. We thought, you know what, she might turn out well. <laughs> See how that goes for you. Yeah. <sighs> I mean... As much as it's easy to complain about the convoluted aspect of a lot of Star Wars, 
Especially if you want to go back to the original trilogy where it's like, okay, wait, how, this, why, why, where? Sure, it took another three movies a decade later to explain all of that. So who did fucking Darth Vader get busy with to have Luke Skywalker? Oh, pat me! Okay. You know, and they took their time to explain that too. Oh, okay, so as much as I dislike the prequels, at least it was a a nice way to kind of wrap things up. It actually felt more consistent when I rewatched them again, like the like the new trilogy. Like again, you can nitpick the dialogue, can nitpick some of the special effects, or even some of the awkward transitions and the way people interact. But at the same time, it's all George Lucas's story. Like the blueprint was done already. He made it consistent from Anakin's growth from you know being a Jedi to Sith. You know, it that yep. transition made more sense. In those three it does. movies, yeah. I would say this is right. I mean, the only problem I have with the prequels is that they're boring. Yeah, yeah. Is that they, they don't hold your attention as the original trilogy does. And what I kind of also appreciate appreciate more about the prequels now, in hindsight, yeah. is that if anything, it stayed true to the characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it definitely opened up a lot of possibilities in terms of how things could be interpreted and again we always have to understand that things have to work within the time frame of a feature film mm-hmm. two and a half hours is kind of pushing it okay so here we have the uh, Rise of Skywalker which is a film that literally uh, the again, super cost correction the film yeah this is cost correction this is fucking the barista at Starbucks who fucks up your drink and they decide to give you a free drink voucher yeah. oh I'm sorry uh I didn't mean to uh, not give you the correct drink. Here's a, a replacement. And it's like, no, 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 I just want an apology. Or I just want you to like tell me that, okay, it was no big deal. Do not fucking force... Like, You know what I mean? It feels He's like... giving you another coffee. That tastes good, but it's not that, what you wanted. Yeah. It's not what I wanted. I don't want that. I just want some customer satisfaction, okay? And of course, I don't want to fall into that subcategory of overzealous fan who just takes things too far. Yep. I am not. I am hardcore fan. I've been a fan since the 80s because I'm that old. But also along the lines of like, Star Wars means something to me. And the fact that the second movie of this trilogy, I fucking apologize for it way too much. Okay, mm. mm. I thoroughly hated it. But I decided to swallow all that down and think, okay, maybe there's a point to all this. I was giving Rian Johnson the benefit of the doubt. Fine. It didn't quite pan out the way I wanted to. Some of the characters and some of the scenes didn't make any sense. They're like, was... but to be honest, there actually is an arc or so, especially in Luke, was the reason why he wanted to kill uh, Ben Solo at the time. I, I thought guess... that was dumb. Yeah. That was so dumb. It, do- it did not make any sense whatsoever like why Luke was grumpy at the start of the film because he was the paradigm of hope and he was the paradigm of being good he was the one who was all about fucking redemption in the original in the original trilogy okay and I'm sorry if you want to bring up the extended universe he's the guy who rebuilt the Jedi Academy he's the guy who brought balance to the force that time alright that was the whole point so it is definitely, in essence, he is the mirror to his father, who was also, he brought balance to the Force the other way, because the Force is ambivalent, it's neutral. It's not about dark side or light side, it's about balance. both yeah. existing. Okay, when there's too much light side, which was kind of explained in the prequels, when the light side gets a little bit too contentious, a little bit too comfortable, and they decide to throw their weight around, then the dark side has to come back 
to check them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then when the, the when the dark side happens, and when the empire gets a little bit too over ambitious and starts blowing up Alderaan, we need to bring back the Jedi. That's what it's all about. There's something very Taoist and very Asian and very beautiful about it, because and very consistent too from George Lucas's uh, writing for the because entire this series. Is a, because then the thing is, right, if you think in the metaphysical narrative, it's about like yeah, the universe is chaos. It's not about being peaceful all the time or war all the time. It's called Star Wars. But yes, it is the constant ebb and flow of how things are. It is the timeline of all civilization. That's what it is. And I mean, that's probably what George Lucas was really aiming for in the prequels because what he really wanted to do was you can't explain the dynamics of war without the politics. And it was definitely an overload. Like, yeah, the politics in the prequels was very overwhelming for people. But it because, made sense from what yeah. he wanted to bring out in the end though. But like he didn't make it exciting. It was kind of boring. Like it's all about you know all oh, the the federation and trade routes and stuff and embargoes and it's like this is a Star Wars movie. Where's the <laughs> fucking sabers? Yeah. And then okay, he also had to do a little bit of overcorrection because in Attack of the Clones, you want sabers? We have all the fucking sabers. It's and yeah, that was probably the worst. Of the new and then it's like okay, this yeah. is kind of goofy. Ca- calm down, all right. And then of course in part three we have uh, Revenge, only yeah. one saber battle, and I would say you know what. The only problem I have with the prequels is like you have one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time, Darth Vader, being portrayed as a whiny emo teenage kid. It kind of dents the persona a little bit, okay? Which was horrible. And guess what? They decided to redo the whole fucking thing again with Kylo Ren. Oh, look, it's kind of like Darth Vader, but it's also kind of like that Winsgy, annoying little, yeah, little emo kid, uh, edgelord kid. Yeah. Yeah, alright. Okay, I see what you did there, you know? And if anything, I hate to say this, but Kylo Ren was the interesting character in the first movie. Because it's nice to see a villain who is strangely very fallible. Because when you have something like Darth Vader, who is just this omnipotent, omnipotent dude, yeah. Yeah, he's just, he's a fucking badass. He, yeah. he, he'll force choke you via intercom. Yes. He, he just needs to think about you and you're dead. He'll crush your windpipe. Alright? And then we have Kylo Ren, who is training. He's training to be the baddest motherfucker of all time. And that was interesting to me to see him bested by Rey in the first movie, and yes. also killing his dad too, which was also and also okay. killing Han Solo yeah. because it's, it felt to me like all right, there's this definite trend, especially I mean maybe we can blame it on shit like Game of Thrones or even The Walking Dead, where it's kind of fun to kill off the characters people love because that was trendy for a hot second. So it's like okay, we need to kill off Han Solo. Why? Because Harrison Ford doesn't want to do this shit anymore. He's too old. He's too tired. And as much as he enjoys a good paycheck every once in a while, he just wants to sit down and relax. Okay? Stop bothering him to make another Indiana Jones movie. Leave the man alone. He wants to retire. Shit. Who doesn't want to retire? Billy D. Will. <laughs> He's back, you know? And then we're like, it's kind of like, I mean, it was okay. It was fan servicey. I, I, I get that. Oh, the entire film was all fan servicey to the <sighs> overflowing brimming point. Yeah. It was fan service to the point of being fucking obnoxious yes. and if anything it also was to the point of like you totally lost the plot here fucking J.J. Abrams and the Star Wars crew and maybe Kathleen Kennedy though I don't know if her involvement is as strong as it used to be because I know she had shared her like uh, she was definitely checked after Solo like that didn't pan out yeah. at all for her mm-hmm. and especially after the backlash that is The Last Jedi and if anything if you read the reviews, I guess, of uh, Rise of Skywalker, it is not polarizing at all. This it's is actually... uh, like 50% on Rotten Tomatoes for the review side and 88% on the 
audience side, last I checked. Really? The audience is yeah. coming out in droves? 88%, yeah, uh, fresh, apparently. Mm. So Interesting. It's a bit of a weird um, dichotomy right there. Like, critics are divided by it, but somehow the fans, or, or just average, your average Joes seem to enjoy it as what it is. I mean... Maybe I that might change over time, because again, this movie just recently came out, like, a couple of days ago, so there's that. I mean, 88% of maybe 200 reviews, but once 2,000 or 20,000 reviews happen, then that number will change very significantly. It will probably change in a couple of weeks. And <laughs> but also the box office. I don't... That's the thing. Is like, I don't like to... As much as we like to throw to something like Rotten Tomatoes, or even Metacritic, to see what it is, is the general consensus, or what you know the current mindset is of the, the movie-going public yeah. is, right? I mean, for it to have a lot of positive reviews, especially from like normal fans... Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say like, okay, we just wait. Wait, wait, wait till... Yeah, just wait a couple of weeks. We'll see. Because this movie came out Thursday, Wednesday. And the weekend showings are right now. Yeah. As of this recording. By the time this episode goes up tonight. Yes, this is one of those occasions where we actually record the day after we watch We're the movie. We're on time. Yes, following the so, schedule. This opinion might change very drastically, very quickly. Because... After this episode is when the weekend returns actually start showing up. And I am extremely curious to see what it is that people actually think about this. Uh, I mean, when it comes to the fan base, when it comes to the Star Wars diehards, right? and me included, yeah. I am a member of the 501. So, a lot of us kind of fucking hate this movie. And a lot of us kind of fucking hate this movie because... Or at the very least, kind of mixed. Like, I'm not sure how to feel, honestly. What nah. with all this fan service shit going on. I mean, there are definitely people in my group who are kind of like, it's okay, it's not bad. Yeah, I'm not, uh, to, to, to be fair, they're not being apologetic. That's just how they really feel after yeah. even watching but the previous films, all that. Let maybe me a also, couple of views could work, you know. But let me add to that as well. The majority of them thought it was, this is kind of bad. None of them said this was fucking amazing. Yeah, that's also my thought too. Again, like I said, mixed, I'm like, yeah, this isn't exactly the groundbreaking shit I actually wanted, in a sense. It's for a not, finale, especially. For a trilogy. I mean, it's not gonna be for the longest time. Because yeah, when it comes no to way. the Star Wars franchise, it's not in the hands of creators or artists anymore. It's in the hands, the hands of fucking... Of shareholders. Yes, shareholders. Shareholders, Disney, stakeholders, executives, people worried about their bonuses and salaries, especially very close to end of the year where... This Christmas might make bonuses. or break your Christmas bonus, yeah. guys. This better fucking make a billion dollars. If it doesn't, you, some of you fuckers might get fired. I'm uh, sorry. Some of you may not even get your Lamborghinis or some shit. I'm yeah. sorry. No, you know, you're not coming back anymore. And I would say this, like, J.J. Abrams, this was a mountain to climb. This was definitely something... I uh, kind of feel sorry for him in that sense. I kind of feel sorry for him too because, like, if anything, the only reason he came back to do this, and I don't think it's because of anything to do uh, creatively is basically okay The Force Awakens didn't do so bad no other director it out did there. pretty well actually come to think yeah, of it, it didn't yeah. do too bad yeah. you know we get him back Rian Johnson his Force Awakens his Last Jedi didn't do as well okay we need to see returns on this investment okay Star Wars division hmm get on it you know it's literally that it's definitely head of corporate shouting down to all these fuckers telling them like look this is not making money. Some of you might lose your jobs, okay? <sighs> so, oh man, logic problems aside, character choices aside, narrative problems aside, Rush shoehorning story. all of this, two and a half hour runtime, 
and probably one of the laziest, most uninspired fucking endings of all time. Where is literally fucking Return of the Jedi all over again. Just in a different setting, yes. Instead of in a forest, it's now on top of a Star Destroyer. (laughs) That doesn't even fucking matter anymore. Exactly, yes. It's literally a throne room battle between a Sith and a Jedi as the fucking dogfight aerial insurmountable odds oh we're we don't we're heavily screwed yes we're fucked what are we gonna do and then we also have that side uh, ground mission Mm. and then it's like that that with horses yes with horses this time those aren't fucking horses (laughs) whatever the fuck okay they're horses I want to say bantas but I'm wrong so it's something else yeah I mean it all feels to me like oh god they, they have no ideas whatsoever and it's literally okay, original ideas yeah let's look at what worked previously and put that in but use these characters <laughs> and if anything like some of the most uninspired performances ever I mean aside from the fact that like okay I can't blame Carrie Fisher she's not with us anymore mm-hmm. and as stilted and as awkward as her dialogue scenes are you know they no had to make do us. with what they had especially if the marketers wanted Carrie Fisher's arc to be- get you know, resolved along with J.J. Abrams' help. So. I mean, if you what want to also do? mention performances, poor Kelly Marie Tran, who had a very, you know, Minor important role. role in the second one. Yeah. And now in this one, she's been relegated to Side background character. character. Oh, remember that romance they were trying to build up between her and Finn? Well, apparently, uh, the, demographics, like so the demographics have spoken. We've decided to pair him up with a more racially appropriate female character <laughs> yeah. this time. Right. Because you all can't stand the sight of Kelly Marie Tran anymore. No. Her uh. her dolls didn't sell any money. Fuck. Right. <laughs> Poor Finn. Poor Finn. Poor John Boyega whose British accent kind of slips in every once in a while because he's probably done with this shit. Yeah, he's just tired. I actually don't like the fact that they kind of teased a bit of the whole like Hey, apparently Finn might be a force attuned dude, so who knows? He might be a Jedi. We they didn't resolve have, that shit at all. We, we need to leave something for a possible other movie. Hey, John Boyega, you want to do like a Finn spin-off? How much you going to pay me? That much? Sure. As a TV series, I guess. Yeah. Or whatever, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Ugh. Oh, God. Rise of Skywalker Oh, and then is... there was also this uh, fan service bit where uh, Rey had all the Jedi voices from... Asuka to Mace Windu to Yoda and Luke all talking to her. Even Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, Qui Gon Jinn. Fucking you. Yoda and was in there. Ewan McGregor as well. Even yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi, young Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah. because well, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> how are we gonna resurrect Alec Guinness? Samuel L. Jackson too. Can yeah. we talk about that for a moment? Yeah, sure. That is probably one of the dumbest <laughs> things I've ever seen. Okay, if anything, the final act, like That's the at entire the callback. <laughs> Look, the entire super convoluted first and second act, right, which really took too long to get to, you know, especially that whole subplot about the dagger and how fucking C-3PO translated it, but he refuses to speak in, like, translate C-3PO. He got to erase his memory. Thanks to this and then we need to go to another planet to find the guy to go and take the thing from C-3PO's brain, but we'll memory wipe him, and then we have this heartfelt bullshit, oh, I'm gonna say goodbye to my friends, I shall be shut off forever. Oh no, I'll be rebooted, and no, I'll not remember anything. Thanks, Only R2. <laughs> and then re- retcon later, or even that fucking bullshit other moment where, oh no, Chewbacca died. Oh no, okay, he's, he's fine. fine. He's it fine. was another frigate. The one that went the other way. Huh? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's the first, that's like two, again, this is something that should have been split up to two movies, like, has the emotional pathos of losing Chewbacca in one film 
And the other, oh, apparently he's oh, back to life again. Don't you dare kill off Chewbacca. Because yeah. it's not even Peter Mayhew in that costume anymore. <laughs> it's a different dude, yeah, obviously. Whoever yeah. that dude is. Okay, Chewbacca, as much as he's a, a lovely fixture to the Star Wars canon, is a very lanky, tall, but very svelte character. Yeah. Peter Mayhew, not very big. Yeah. This Chewbacca, whoever's in that suit, obviously a basketball player, is a bit too thick. I'm sorry, that's not Chewbacca. Uh. I looked at it and I was thinking to myself, who's this? No, no, whoever's who's this wearing Wookie? the suit. Yeah, who's this Wookie? Not that's Chewbacca, not Chewbacca. Right? Chewbacca is kind of skinny. He has a brother he, now? Right, well, in the holiday special, he probably did. So, he yeah. probably put on some weight. Oh, don't ever fucking bring up the holiday special, sir. Okay. That has its place, but not here, not in yes. this discussion. Yeah. Uh. Okay, poor Damron literally has nothing to do other than you know lead a squadron, take reins after Leia passes away, stuff. Sure, uh, Leia didn't trust you in the second movie, but she decided to make you a general now. Why? Because we got nobody left. It's just you, sir. Nope, because we're rushing to finish this damn show. Because you're but... the only other person higher up on the call list. Yep. Yeah, so you have to be general. You can make anybody else general you want. Hey Finn, <laughs> you're gonna be a general. Okay, general. Thanks, general. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're a general? You're a general? Everybody's a general. We're all generals. We're all generally fucked anyway. God, I love his battle plan. What are we gonna do? We're all gonna fucking attack this gigantic navy, this giant fleet of star destroyers, and hopefully people show up. Yeah. <laughs> Great plan, general. <laughs> Suicide sure run. Yes. <laughs> that worked in every other movie. Let's do it again. Sure. <laughs> okay, as I was saying, the climatic battle between Palpatine and Rey. What the fuck was that shit? <laughs> that didn't make any sense. I have the power of all the Sith. And in my head, it's like, when did this become fucking Dragon Ball? <laughs> this is so dumb. And then, yeah, uh, what's that? Um, Yeah, Rey has the powers of all the Jedi. Yeah. It's you know, it'd been perfect. I'm sorry. Kami Kami. <laughs> this would have been the best line ever. When fucking Emperor Palpatine starts doing the Force Lightning, you yep. know, and he's like, I am all the I am all the Sith. <laughs> and fucking Ray is like, okay, boomer. And it just blows him up. <laughs> yeah. He literally just goes boom. Like, yeah, that's the line. That would have made everybody giggle in the audience. Yes. Because we need to be topical. It's all about the young audience now. They're the new core demographic. Fuck them. <laughs> hey. The double, like, she takes out a second lightsaber and with the power of what? That's Two lightsabers and all the Jedi powers in her body because magic because throws back the lightning to It reflects Palpatine. the lightning back and that's that's not how it works. Uh, is that how it works? Oh, you know what? Apparently she's got force healing. Force. Magic. I Sure. Fuck it. You know, you know I mean like as much as it wasn't explained properly in the other Nothing film. Nothing explained properly in this there was one. Yes. Something at least uh, mystical and probably I mean it did develop a certain amount of rules. Yeah. Much uh, thanks to the fan base, but also much to the... Uh, basically, it, it works w within the narrative. Sure. Okay, force push, force ghosts, force whatever. Okay, cool. So we decided to add more things. I did not mind force healing. But, well, yeah, that, that appeared in a video game once. Mm. I've seen that before. Okay, uh, force being able to like telepathically link between people and Oh, to teleport objects. items, yes. that's. It's like, okay, that's new. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, why don't you use that more often? Or, oh wait, no, it only All they did was the, mm. the, some clever bits where he actually took, uh, Kylo Ren took Rey's necklace and then tracks her from there. 
And then, uh, oh, and then he got some vision about the helmet. Oh, I know where you are. Okay, I'm gonna go fuck you up or some shit. And yeah, then there was a lightsaber exchange too, which, again, creative. So I kind of, I, to be honest, we did more of that for the rest of the film. You know, like, not just for the force side, well, but, you yeah. know, like, for the flying side from pull side. I mean, side. if you want to kind of, like, really nitpick, right, it's also one of the core elements of this new trilogy is the relationship between Kylo Ren and Rey. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't established, but is everything is just hinted at. It's always been hinted since the first and, the, I mean, the first and the second new trilogy. And I would say this, right, especially when Kylo Ren decides to turn over to the light side and help Rey. Along with that whole special talk with uh, what's that Harrison Ford in his yeah, last when ever he has, appearance, when, when he has his um, you know, uh, who are you? Uh, I'm a memory. I'm your memory. And it's like dad. And like, oh, so sweet. So he decides to go help Ray and sacrifices himself. I mean, he is technically the last Skywalker yeah. gone, <sighs> and probably one of the cringiest kisses ever. <laughs> Yeah, that that, that, that wasn't was really oh, totally God. undeserving. Out of, left field. Out of left field, especially. Like that if didn't you make want to any have sense. them, yeah. If you want to have them kiss, make sure the other guy lives. Don't like kiss, and then that's it. The guy dies. It just no, feels because that is more romantic. You know what? There's this entire demographic of all these fucking ship motherfuckers out there. Oh, the railers. They call them. Yeah, the who've been doing all this fan art. We need to appease those motherfuckers too, right? Yeah. Sure. Why don't we just force teleport his dick into her ass? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. Again, committee at work here. So there you go. Mm, yeah. I mean, that relationship doesn't make any sense. That kiss doesn't make any no, sense. No, the kiss does not make sense. But the relationship, at least that was like hinted at like in every single one. Yeah, of the but I don't think of them as romantic. Yeah, I, think I just of think them of them as, as like kinship. The kinship, you know. I think of them as like maybe respectful rivals. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would be better. That is literally what I was thinking the whole time. Like, they're not kind of hard for each other. Yeah. They're just very awkward amongst each other, but they look at each other as equals. Yeah. Not yeah. Because as of the potential. whole legacy of the Skywalkers, Palpatine bullshit, and everything. So. Yeah, again, keep it in the family, huh, motherfuckers? Yes. <laughs> Shit. You know what would have been a better kiss? What? When fucking Finn and Poe Dameron finally meet each other after the battle. <laughs> Those yeah. two fuckers yes. have been... I each other for a bit. (laughs) They've been at it like a married couple for these three movies. They should have fucking kissed. Fuck me. And you get a piece of demographic right there too. So, you know what? I especially love that moment where is when Finn returns back from battle. Mm -hmm. He looks over at fucking Rostiku hugging some other thing. Yep. And then like Finn was like, okay, she's moved on. And then he turns, and then he and Poe Dameron locked eyes, and immediately they just go for the embrace, and just. Fucking full on with the tongues and everything. George like Lucas would have done that in retrospect. The most <laughs> passionate fucking man kiss ever. Mm. You're like, oh, that would have been perfect. You know? Oh, fine. Longing yeah. gaze to each other. Yeah. Oh, man, they've been very gay to each yes. other the whole time. <laughs> Pretty much. Literally, that fucking moment. Oh, you can tell her, but not tell me. Oh, you're going to tell her when I'm not around? What's going on? The fuck are you married now? I guess they are. <laughs> Best friends don't talk like that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think we said. I think we said enough about the film. Have we? I don't think there's anything else I want to say. But it's got its problems. It's got a lot of logic problems. problems. (laughs) I mean, the fucking logic problems start with the fucking dagger. Like what? If those characters did not stand exactly on that part of the beach at that very time, they would have not found the fucking thing to find the fucking Sith thing. It's like, huh? Imagine they stood on another beach. (laughs) Or they landed somewhere else. You know, we need to go and find a thing. It's in this thing called the Death Star. What's that? Oh, that's the Death Star. Wow, that's immense. And then it's like, 
You know, using the Oh, wait, hang on. If I hold this dagger right, yeah, there you go. If I hold this dagger exactly here where I'm standing, where all the, the ridges line up with the ridges of the dagger, then I, that thing at the bottom will point exactly to where it is. You go to that fucking thing. Yeah. Okay, this is a giant fucking chamber or whatever. With a lot Look, of the high-rise tide and shit. I fucking have problems looking for my keys in my own fucking <laughs> house. How the fuck are you going to find the map to something which is the size of a grapefruit? In something that large. Oh, it's gonna be in this very specific door where you're gonna have a very specific force vision with your thing that was revealed in a previous trailer, Darth Evil Ray with the double lightsaber because we needed to turn other people on. I was like, ooh, look. Yeah, we need to have these lightsaber fights it's later Sith on. It's Sith Ray. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, okay. And yeah, it just so happens that the key is fucking there yeah. on a showcase, on a mantle. Like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, that's a video game boss area right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. that, that's the section where you, you know, you top up your life and you, you yeah, you, you save. Yeah. Then you enter the door and you come out and you fight Kylo Ren. Oh, God. Some of the most uninspired lightsaber battles as well. Shit. There was no dramatic effect. There was no impact. There was no emotional impetus. The lightsaber is one of the most crucial storytelling elements in a Star Wars. And they don't even do that properly here. Like, it was overdone to death in the prequels. I get it. They made it too martial artsy. They made it too flashy. But it was something different. And, I mean, if you were to pay attention to, like, probably the most essential, the best lightsaber fight is still, hands down, to this day, Luke Skywalker bashing the shit out of fucking Darth Vader in the third movie. <laughs> Him succumbing to hate and realizing that he is going to become the monster that his father was when he cuts off his hand. Mm -hmm. That is what the lightsaber represents. It is the one thing that defines you as a Jedi you control yourself. You control a lightsaber. It's not like a fucking katana where it's sharp all the time. You have to turn it on first. You have to have willful intent. That's a fucking lightsaber. It's not something like what the fucking... prequels did. That's all your martial arts stuff that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. that was kind of like, okay, fine, I get it. This is kind of cool, kind of dumb when you think about it because that shit But there was not much well. of a message to it in the end when you look at look, it further and further. Duel of the Fates, Ray Park, and fucking Obi Wan. That was and so one of the better. Scenes, that was yeah. okay. As flashy and as a bit overdone as it was, I kind of appreciated it for trying something new. All right, with the force then, feel and the tension going on as yes. you wait, I like those. Fucking Obi Wan Kenobi says a lightsaber, an elegant weapon. Okay, it's not as uh, it's not like a fucking blaster. All right, it's purposeful. You know, there is respect and honor attached to the lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, it's it's very hard to be a Star Wars fan in this day and age and watch shit like this and think to yourself. Especially when you know the behind the scenes stuff where it could have gone better. They had a couple of years, but no, they had to follow corporate mandates and stuff. I can't apologize for it anymore. Last Jedi was terrible. This is fucking worse. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. If you are a Star Wars fan, okay, and it depends. There's many tiers of Star Wars fans. Okay, there's the diehards like me. There's maybe the casual Star Wars fans. Who, oh, you got the okay, they just like Star Wars too. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also the, the new Star Wars fans who grew up with the prequels instead of the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. I mean, various people has various levels of enjoyment. I went to the theater and I was in the best theater because when the, the title screen came up, oh, you got the IMAX. We, all, yeah. we all cheered. Ah, right, right, right. I cheered as well. I was like, fuck yeah, Star Wars. Let's go. Okay. I didn't pay attention to any of the hype. I didn't pay attention to any of the behind the scenes. I decided to experience this for myself. I was actually smiling during the title crawl. 
I was smiling when Kylo Ren was kicking ass in that snow forest doing his opening segment. Yeah, that was a kick-ass scene, were, I have to admit. As <laughs> they were explaining fucking Palpatine has returned and Kylo Ren has, is going to look for him. And then, weird CGI Carrie Fisher. And I was like, oh no. And then, then came, oh, it was so bad. It was so fucking predictable. The moment when fucking, like, Ray was like, you know, burning the ship and she was throwing the lightsaber and I thought, Luke Skywalker appears right now. Yeah, he's gonna catch it. Yes. There he is. He goes through this entire moment, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, okay, I'm ready to fight my final battle. And then there's this murmur that is like bubbling in the water. And in my head, I was like, they're gonna pull out an X-Wing. There you go. He did. A fucking (sighs) X-Wing. This is the worst Star Wars movie. (laughs) After Solo. Oh, yikes. (laughs) I would say that it's solo, this one, then maybe even Attack of the Clones. Yes. Yeah, I'll put the prequels in there somewhere. Yeah. It's not in the top three. It's not in the top. It's fuck, man. I mean, it's still, it's still Empire, Rogue One, and New Hope, and everything else. But this is definitely very close to the bottom. Rise of Skywalker. You can see it. You can see it in the actors' performances. You can see it in the the, the story. You can see it in the narrative. You can see it in the way it's cut. Mm. Everything oh the editing like, oh my god yes, the editing is fucking that. horrible yeah. okay and they, they go for that bullshit uh, quick cut action sequences mm. I want nothing to do with this anymore <laughs> like Rise of Skywalker was terrible and final rating this is a fucking 3 upon 10 yeah. uh, man. Yeah. Don't, don't watch Rise of Skywalker if you're a Star Wars fan avoid at all costs you will be disappointed and not only will you be disappointed you'll be angered I can't apologize for this. I could apologize for Last Jedi. I can't apologize for this. I'm going to be the nice guy here. I'm just giving it a 5 out of 10. <laughs> That's it. I, I mean, mean, I'm not going to defend this. I mean, I agree with what you said. But at the same time, I felt that Kylo and um, Rey's arcs at least were resolved in a predictable yet alright fashion. I kind of like the action a little bit, especially the first part. And yeah, again, new music. But then again, it's not even new music to become to kind of believe it. So can you explain how you feel about the other 22 hours of the movie? Exactly, yeah. It just <laughs> feels like I'm, again, very, very mixed feelings for this. Like, again, very rushed. But somehow I can't bring myself to hate this film too much like you have. Again, I'm not really a huge Star Wars fan. I actually preferred the original trilogy a lot more. But at the end of the day... It just yeah. ended, more or less. I, I mean, as a, as a fun popcorn movie, it's there. Yeah, yeah. It, it does what it needs to do, but if you're a fan of the narrative of the lore... Yeah, of if the you legacy, watch it more and, and more, yes, there's going to be a lot you're going to hate. If you're a passionate Star Wars fan, such as myself, if you're deeply entrenched in the legacy, and if this is something you grew up with, you will be very, very vitriolic and bitter towards it. But I do urge anyone who still kind of wants to have some... Bu- Maybe closure? I guess just watch Return of the Jedi because that's a better film. But at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time... If just watch the original mi- trilogy. I know, that's I know. It. But if you're mildly curious, again, this is actually up to you. I mean, if you hate Disney, don't support them. Don't watch the film. But at the same time, if you're mildly curious, yeah, just watch it. Uh, again, very, very mixed feelings about the film. Yeah. Maybe I might want to watch it again just to maybe have fun at it. And just I'll... I'll, I'll let it sit and then maybe I don't know I'm, I'm not going to revisit this anytime soon but I definitely am in agreement with you that definitely this is a fucking rush project all the way through to the end yeah I mean it just screams off we need to shit something out yes JJ Abrams uh, last ditch effort <laughs> definitely I don't know I think he probably I, I don't think it was intentional either I think he just wanted to do something get it over with and just yeah. take, and the, he did. take the money yes. and go 
exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the sweet Star Wars money. All right. But so, at least we get to cap off this episode with at least some positive Star Wars experiences. So there's that. So I thoroughly enjoyed the Mandalorian. Yes, and uh, a little bit of uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So there is. Yeah, that. avoid the movie, play <laughs> the game, watch the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this, that is it. I think we can sign off. Yeah, we can definitely sign off. So uh, this has been. Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> and this has been a pretty crazy droid. It's a toughie signing out. Bye bye.